you are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, go. We are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. <laughs> Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. You are indeed listening to Right On Radio. Welcome to this very special Friday edition. Why is it special? Because I have Cisco Wheeler here uh, with me today. And today we're going to talk about the balance in life. And why is the balance in life important? Well, right now we're in an information age and information war. There's tons of information going back and forth. It could be overwhelming. And what does God say and how we should deal with this? And I could not think of anyone better to discuss this topic than Cisco. But before I just Cisco... I do want to say, normally we teach out of her book, Behold a White Horse. Um, it is so thick. I'm only a partial way through it. It is incredible. But today we are not teaching from it because we really didn't want to focus on the enemy today. Uh, we just really want to, well, Cisco's insisting that we just edify the body today. And we want to give you some practical uh, things in living and navigating through these times using God's word. So Cisco, thanks so much for being here on a Friday. Well, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate being on right on radio and being with your audience. Thank you for the invite. I do appreciate it. What a beautiful time just to share the love of God. It is. So Cisco in this information age, you know, we're all focusing on what the court's doing, what's happening in the politics. How come there's no justice? Uh, why haven't I seen God move in a big way? I see the enemy getting away with everything. And and our audience and, and myself, to some extent, have been obsessed with this and obsessed with the plans. And uh, quite honestly, it's overwhelming. It's overbearing because the enemy's plan is so big. It's so complex. And... How do we deal with these things? Well, the word of God has got to be our very foundation. And except the Lord build a house, we labor in vain that build it. And God has got to be that very foundation. Because if our if our relationship with the Father is built on sand... When the storms of life, when we're faced with the storms of life, we will crumble under the weight of the world. There's no question in my mind that without a strong foundation, they that wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength. I was thinking about be still and know God. And know, what do I mean, be still and know God? What does that mean? I mean, just say it out loud. Be, Be still, still and, and know, know that God. I am God. To me, that means I have to believe in the word of God that the very foundation 
of God's word is what is my stability for the future, for the now, for the past. It's everything. So we're going to have to know who God is. And we need to know that whatever we need, God will be there for us, whatever that is. He'll be there to comfort us. He'll be there in peace. He'll be there in provision. I think. Are you following me, Jeff? I, I mean, am. So let, let's let's just start with at, at the beginning of what you just said. Um, who is God? I think most of us have an understanding of who God is, but do we really? Cisco, in, in your words and through your, your decades of study in the scriptures and your depth, who is God? He is the great I am. He's everything I need him to be. He's, he's my Lord. He's my Father. He's my good shepherd. He's the Prince of Peace. He's my mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the beginning of in the end of all things, he's my creator. He's my life giver. Uh, and, and, and he's my so, comforter. He's my promise for tomorrow. So having said that, okay, that's fine. But let's, so one of the things that people have a hard time grasping, and, and myself as well, probably just because we don't have the words to describe uh, the spirit, but how can God be the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but yet all be one? Because Christ takes on the characteristics of everything we need in him and through him that we have in him. He takes on that characteristic. And I'm thinking of Psalms that he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God, we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. How do we... How do we abide under the shadow? We abide under the shadow by by learning it through the Holy Spirit what he is and who he is to us. That he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Mighty God. He is the King of Kings. He's everything we need him to be because we are under his shadow and we, be, we take on his characteristics as we take on the characteristic of who Christ is, we become like Christ in that nature, in that same nature. And, and so to understand this a little bit further, Cisco, um, so I'll announce it on this show. We haven't announced it yet, but yes. Yeah, so this week I became a grandfather. <coughs> Excuse me. And last night, uh, Cisco and I were talking and about, you know, when the, uh, the, the sperm meets the egg, there's like a spark. Mm -hmm. that happens. And that's when the spirit, God's life comes into it because it becomes alive at that point. It's a new mm -hmm. creation mm -hmm. when those two things meet. And mm -hmm. when you look at God being the father, the son, the Holy spirit, just think of that spark, but it's in all three of them, but it's the same spark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that spark of that gives life, to everything, and by the way, everything, even your inanimate and objects are alive. Like the, the desk I'm sitting at is alive because it has molecules that are spinning and everything. And God is holding all these things together. Now it doesn't have a brain. It doesn't reproduce. It doesn't, you know, 
do these things, but in its natural form, I guess it does reproduce as a tree. But God holds everything together, everything in life, every atom, every molecule, even space itself, which we can't explain. It's a void. Uh, but I think we're going to learn what space is. It's probably not what any of us think. Um, eventually, we're going to figure that out. But God, his spirit is in all three things. And then you have a father who is essentially, he's the architect. And I don't, I'm not meaning that as a Masonic term by any means. Right. He's the architect. He's designed everything. He came up with all the ideas. And then Jesus, the son, spoke it out. And, okay. and it became reality. And the Holy Ghost is kind of like the uh, the tool that made it happen. That's, mm -hmm. am, I, am I saying that correctly, Cisco? Mm -hmm. Yes. Spoken word. I, I just try to I try to put things in ways that people can understand, especially yeah. simple people like me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've uh, talked to several individuals that have really appreciated you bringing it down to where they can understand it easier. Uh, people really do under need you. They really do need you. Uh, uh, but back to where we were. Navigating. Go ahead. No, no, no. So, just whenever there's a big pause, I, I, I feel that I can't let dead air sit. So I always okay, speak okay. up. But, so if if you come in, I'll drop out. Okay. On a daily basis, how do we stay grounded in the Word of God? We can't be on our knees all day. But see, the Lord has put a song within each of our hearts, and. It could be the simplest thing before us, like reaching down and picking a blade of grass up and looking at that blade of grass and going, I mean, really looking at it, look, turn it over and look at it and smell it, and even taste it and think, oh my goodness, thank you, Father God. I praise you and give you praise that you loved us so much that you gave us this beautiful green grass to enjoy, to cover the earth. You know, it's the bird that flies. It's the simple things that keep us, keeps our mind on Christ. Uh, I was thinking of, I was thinking, Jeff, the other day, we've lost all of our leaves on our trees, and I love the trees, and I love the, the springtime when they're budding, and, and I was sitting thinking about it, and I thought, the almighty oak, how rooted and grounded it is. Its root system generally is a hundred times the length of the tree. And it's rooted and it's grounded and the storms of, of life, tornadoes, rain, whatever. Tries to take that old oak down, but it's so grounded and rooted. Nothing's going to shake that mighty root, that mighty oak, nothing. It's and it's rooted thing. in every direction yes, as well. Yes, it is. And I thought, you know, Lord, that not only is it rooted, but it also is a good example of life. Life and death. There's a season for all things. Right now, you look at the trees and they have no leaves. But springtime will come again. Fall will come. 
Fall is beautiful. Fall kind of reminds me of middle age. <laughs> the trees without the leaves remind me of the time span I'm in in my life, my latter years. And then when the trees bud, it reminds me of the birth of a child. The budding of a new life. And we need to, that's how we stay grounded. It really, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. I've learned through the years with the situation of my life, just in general and in your life, you can say the same thing. We learn not to look to the left or to the right, but we keep our eyes on the Lord. We keep our eyes on his promises. Because God upholds us by his right hand. But if you're so busy looking to the left and to the right, listening to the media, wonder what, what time frame things might happen or if they don't happen, what are we going to do? The Lord tells us to take one step at a time. Because many times we take we put the horse or the cart before the horse and it really does bring depression with it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we need to stay out of depression right now. We need to be grounded in the Lord, look at the things which are good and positive and just. And uh, knowing that God is totally in control. This universe belongs to him. We belong to him. And his arm is not short concerning us. His love is so beautiful. When uh, you told me that your grandson had been born, I, I was so tickled. I just was so blessed by that for you because I know the beauty of, of a birth and the beauty of being uh, given the responsibility of a grandchild. It is a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful gift. It's a love of God that is so precious. You know, as beautiful as he is, uh, I'll tell you the truth. Um, seeing my daughter shine mm -hmm. really, really is what yes. blessed me. Yes, uh, yes. I've never seen her shine uh, like this before. And so I'm so assured of the life before uh, my grandson because of that shine yeah. and, and and in both parents i should say yeah. uh the father is is just a wonderful guy and loves god as well and uh they're they're gonna raise this uh this boy up in a very biblical way but you know you said a key a few key things there uh cisco because you know one of the things is and you know someone in the audience would be thinking this and you know i probably would be you know, it's what, how can we always just be looking to God and stuff like that? Because faith without works is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. And if we don't know what's going on in the world, because we're only looking at God, we're that pacifist Christian that got us into this place in the first place is because the church did nothing. Right. So, so we have to have a balance of yes. looking and acting in the world, but yet keeping our eyes on Jesus. And I think that's, really the balance that we need to achieve and, and figure out somehow. Well, we definitely need to be involved in the politics and the church through the years has said we need to stay out of politics, but we need to, we need to go full force uh, and be a part of that army. We need to have a Christian army within our government and in those specific positions, but there has to be a balance. 
uh, and you do that by saying in the word, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, and we're putting on the whole armor of God, and we are that example. We are the salt of the earth. And uh, But there has to be a balance because you can't live there. Yeah, because if you if you focus on it, first of all, we see the is there's so much intel, it's way overwhelming. And right now, we know there's so many people guilty of so many things, and they get no punishment. And then people who do nothing, like you know, the Jan Six people, uh, are thrown in jail without any trials and things like that. And we're seeing internment camps happen now for people who aren't taking yeah. the hokey pokey. We're seeing the world just go to a bag of doo-doo. And, you know, we're waiting on God to do something. But at the same time, is God waiting on us, his kids, to go out and do our role? Because we haven't for centuries. So true. And God is raising up a generation that will be strong in the Lord. And um, we just... I just look at it every day as Lord. I can't change you, but I know who can you. And I know the church can, because I believe there's going to be an outpouring of the Holy spirit in the church. And I believe that people are going to come out of Babylon and they're going to stand strong on the word of God. They're going to know who they are in Christ. And we're going to have a new army that is grounded in the word and has the anointing and the gifts of the spirit operating in their life. I believe that with everything within me. But yes, we as a people, we have a responsibility to be a, within that uh, service. Well, I think the army is forming right now, Cisco. And, you know, you had said something to me right before we, uh, we hit the record button. And that was, uh, I believe it's Paul's words on, you know, prayer, uh, praise without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. So how does someone manage to do that in this busy life that we have now? It's a communication with, with the Father. It's a, it's a, okay, let's see if I can come up with an example. When you have small children in the room, you may cook, you may be cooking, you may be vacuuming, you may be making a bed, you may be folding clothes, but you are in tune with those toddlers. You're their mother, and you know pretty much where they are, what they're doing, and you're watching them out of the corner of your eye. Same thing with the Lord. In that relationship, you got your eyes on him. You may have to go to work, you may have to drive, you're in traffic, whatever. Your heart is in tune with him, just like we are in tune with our children. You go to work, Jeff. You had a daughter. You know what it's like to have to leave her and go to work, but her she never left your thoughts. You were always looking upon the scene, even if it's through a phone call, neighbors checking in, whatever, teachers reporting. You, you The world knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in Christ. We don't have to be on our knees. We do not have to be on our knees 24-7. It's just having you that open that door. Open the door. Talk to the Lord like he's your friend. I think that uh, when God came down and, and fellowshiped with Adam in the garden, he, 
Adam opened the door. It was more of a brother relationship. Yeah. And Enoch walked and talked with God and he was perfect in his ways. He just walked and talked. And I think that's, it sounds so simple, but it's not simple because we get caught up in life and we forget to talk and walk with God. Talk and walk with God. We forget to have fellowship with him. But I think more than anything else is that God wants to have fellowship with us. Yeah. And 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 by the way, when we when we do that, I think that is a form of praise and worship. And absolutely it is. You know, one of the one of the things that that I've been working on in my life for, you know, I became a Christian what 23 years ago now. And uh I've been deprogramming uh from the world. Um, you know, because if you garbage in, garbage out, right? Mm-hmm. And uh and so deprogramming, how do you do that? <laughs> Stop following their programming, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, right? And it'll, and literally it'll start to go away from you. But but then, you know, one of the realizations, Cisco, is the fact that God hears every one of my thoughts. Absolutely. He, does. he knows the good ones. He knows the bad ones. Yes. So why am I going to try to hide them? Uh, you know, when I think the good ones, then that's good. That's praise. And look how God, look how beautiful your creation is, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, God, I wish that kid would shut up or, you know, what mm-hmm. God hears that too. And it's like, mm-hmm. God, help me wipe those thoughts from my mind, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. because he hears it. And that's worship of him because it's acknowledging that he is God Absolutely. and he's God over your life. And, and even when you're looking at Intel, if you're just, looking through intel and looking through story after story after story and that it's hard to be focused on God, but you can always say, God, show me the stories that I need to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, Oh God, why did you bring that one to my attention? Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to see in this Lord? Right. Well, just the other day, my sister, her and I were talking and she said, sister, can you eat? Did you know Jesus is sitting on your piano? I said, what? She says, can you visualize Jesus sitting on your piano? I said, well, I don't I don't see him, but I know the spirit of the Lord is here. She says, Jesus can be anywhere you want him to be. And I said, you're right. He is anywhere we want him to be. But we also have to make sure that we don't grieve the Holy Spirit in our lifestyle. And if you're taking in the negative and trying to figure out God's plan, you're trying to work it out in yourself how this puzzle is going to be exposed. You're taking God's place of authority. And I don't want to push the Holy Spirit out of my life by trying to be in control because we as a human race, we have trouble with wanting to be in control of everything, don't we? Well, that's true. And and I and I think in you know, knowing our audience quite well, because I talk to many people in the audience, I don't think they're trying to or, or and even myself, uh, trying to be God, trying to do this, but we certainly we pray for certain things and we ask God for certain things, but I that's think we're always yeah, we're always looking for evidence yeah. of his work as right. well. Right. Right. Yeah. And we love to see the examples where God steps in and 
You, right. you know, it could only right. be God who did that. And, and I think many of us, when we're looking through Intel, are really, really looking for that. But I, but I also think that when we dive into the negative and it's all around us, the human nature wants to be in control of that or they wouldn't be searching it out. And sometimes we just have to let go. We just have to let go and let God be God because we can't control the spiritual realm. We can't con control what is happening in our government, but we can commit it to the Lord and give it back to him and let him control it. Let him work out what is happening within our government. Because okay, we, so we don't have the power to change it. Well, but, but aren't our prayers powerful? Only through prayer. That's why I say we in the natural, we do not have any control over it. Okay. So, and, and this is, this is good because there's a whole bunch of things and, and people are wondering again, how to get this balance in life. So we don't want the enemy to get away with things. So that's yeah. why we're learning the enemy's playbook and we're, we're understanding it, but how do we balance that with God's word and our walk as a child in Christ. So I guess really, Cisco, let's start with that. Who are we, you, as a child of Christ? Who are you? We are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And we stand in his righteousness. And if we're in his righteousness, we take on the characteristics of that righteousness. We take on the attributes of God's word because we are in his righteousness. And you can't live in the world and live in righteousness too. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't see what's going on, but you can't live there. You can't drink from the fountain of sin and stand in righteousness. It doesn't but mean I you can't know. Day. It doesn't mean you can't know, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have understanding, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't... Uh, take specific positions within the government. Yes, we need to do all of that, but we still need to know who we are in Christ. The foundation has to be extremely strong. Um, and when I was saying we need to be anything outside of God, we're missing the mark. Yeah. So we're going to miss the mark every time. Because yeah. we live in this world. Uh, Cisco, I, I'm ashamed to say it, but I sin every single day. We're all sinners saved by grace. God knows that. That's why That's why there's no, if you know who Christ is and you're born again, been washed in the blood, you don't have to fear death, Jeff. We don't have to fear the government because we're going to be standing in his righteousness. And his righteousness makes us worthy to have the fruits of the Spirit in our life, the gifts of the Spirit in our life, to take the Word of God and let it come alive in our hearts because we stand in His righteousness. But that's why there's no sting in death because if we look at ourselves, we are as filthy rags. But in ourselves, I mean, I feel like you do, Jeff. Man, I have to pray every day, you know? I have to bring my thoughts under subjection of the Holy Spirit, my actions, whatever. 
I have to bring it all under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. But see, I choose to do that because I want to be in his righteousness. And I also want to know what's going on in our government. I also want to pray for our president, Trump. I want to pray for those in leadership. I want to pray for those in Congress. I want to pray for them that God will bring them into the light, that they will come to know who Christ is. Can I change the situation? I can't, but I can claim their soul for the kingdom of God. It's a weapon of mass destruction. Right. But we're going to have to let go. I was thinking of uh, Moses when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. When they got up against that Red Sea and they saw Pharaoh's army coming behind them, I wonder what they thought. The, the, the sea hadn't been divided yet, had they? And they're looking and they're trapped. He's looking at the army coming down. They're trapped in this valley. There's no escape. Right. They thought they were being led to the slaughter. And God in his mercy and his love for his people, he opened up the Red Sea and they crossed over. On dry land. On dry land. But this is where we need to be. See, this this is where we need to be. With Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, when they wouldn't bend and they didn't bow, they were thrown into that fiery furnace, and even the soldiers that threw them in died because the furnace was seven times seven as far as its heat. But who was the fourth man in the fiery furnace? It was God himself. Yeah. It was God that was in the fire. The fourth man. I mean, that blows me away. So that's saying, no, I'll be with was, you. Huh? Yeah. That's God saying, I'll be with you. Uh, the first story with Moses is God, I will deliver you. Uh-huh. And then I'll add a third story, Peter walking on water. Yes. He's looking at Jesus. He's walking on the water. He's going through life figuratively, right. cruising because he's looking at God. Right. And then he sees all the waves. The waves were there the whole time. Yeah. He didn't see him until he took his eyes off Jesus and then he sank. And this is what I'm trying to say today. And that's what you're trying to say, Jeff. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. Trust him. Uh, I was thinking of, um, uh, I have to get my little Bible here. Just a second. Ephesians 3.18. Let me comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of your love. Talking about God. So when we're looking at what's going on around us, we need to ask the Lord, let me understand your breath and your length and the depth and the height of your love. Let, let my range instruct me in the night season and let me awaken with revelations. So see, what we're saying is, I need revelation, Lord. I need to know the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of your love for me and for this nation and for this nation. I'm sitting in heavenly places in Christ, far above all principalities, powers and might and dominions. And that's Ephesians 1, 3. And that's where the Lord wants us to be. That's how we balance our life out. I am sitting in heavenly places in Christ, far above all principalities, powers, might, 
and dominions. That's talking about what's taking place in the world around us. Mm, it's so timely. Mm -hmm. I take my position in the heavens and bind the principalities and powers that operate against my life in the name of Yeshua. We take our power back. We take our power back. That's how we balance life. I break and rebuke every program in the heavens that would operate against me through the sun, the moon, the stars, and all the constellations. So we need to learn how to pray. What are we fighting against? I bind and rebuke any ungodly force operating against me through Arcturus, the Pleiadians, the Masoreth, and the Orions. That's in Hebrews 38, 31 through 32. I bind and rebuke all moon deities and demons operating through the moon in the name of Jesus. That's 2 Kings 23, 5. And I bind all sun deities. So you need to learn how to pray. And this I, is how we take our power back. This is how we balance life out, is knowing who we are in Christ. We've got to learn to pray against the principalities of darkness. Because that's our strength. Amen. And we're going to be uncovering more and more of that as time goes on. And, you know, in fact, perhaps uh, not wanting to get too far ahead of ourselves, but uh, as we're coming towards the end of this Cisco, why don't we, why don't, if you would uh, lead us in a prayer, actually just uh, let's lead us in a prayer that we find balance in our lives and for North America. Well, I'm going to I'm going to read Romans 8 3 35, and I'll tell you why I'm I've chosen this prayer. Who can separate us from the love of God? And this is for the whole nations of the world, all nations. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction and anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loves us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angel nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything created thing will have the power to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. Mm. That is the prayer for the nations. It is. That is the That's prayer for really our what president. We need. That is the prayer for our president. That's the prayer for those in leadership. That's the prayer for our pastors. That's the prayer for me. That's the prayer for you, Jeff. That's the prayer for our children. This is the most beautiful prayer when you begin to understand the depths of that prayer. And that, that was also, that was Romans 8, 35 through 39. Because see, this is the promises of God. Who can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. It is. If nothing can separate us from the love of God, then don't play in the devil's pool. And like, so, because you know, he's, I mean, God's going to take care of us. 
And so if you're praying using God's word, you're praying in agreement with God. It's his word. And if you're in agreement with God, it will be done. It's because God's will will be done. It's it, the word of God is the integrity of integrity of who God is. So when you ask me to pray, I'm going to pull up a scripture that I know covers all of us, every living soul. Because it's not what Cisco says. It's not what you say, Jeff. It's what God says. Because we are, we stand on the foundation. In the beginning was the word, the word was, and the word is God. So when we take his word and we apply it to our prayers, we are in total, just like you said, we are in total agreement with the Holy Spirit. So he has to, he will do what he promises. Because see, we as Christians, we get out of God's way. So many times, I mean, we need to get out of God's way. We get in the natural realm and it weakens our, it weakens us terrible. You know, you know so much about this, Cisco. I'm going to ask you to put something together for our right on you to help our listeners through this. And we're going to be very, very specific. And I and I know there's a couple of things that you've told me off air that I want to draw on your experience that has helped me in my life. And just one of the things I'll I'll just share because. You know, freely it was given to me freely and give away as well. But one of the key things in my life, Cisco, that I've learned from you is when I pray just about every time right now, I say, Father, I give the Holy Spirit permission to do your will in my life and through me. And that's so beautiful, Jeff, because... Even though the church does, in its credence, it does state that the, it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God has his place when he created the earth. And he sent his son, Yeshua. Christ did his job when he came as a virgin birth. And he was conceived. And he died and he rose and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And then Christ... He sent the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. But the church, yes, they acknowledge the Comforter, but they don't understand who he is. They really don't understand that the Holy Spirit, because of the Holy Spirit, we should do greater works than Christ did. He That's said, what... I have the Comforter that you might do greater works than I. And we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us and direct our path. And it's the Holy Spirit that does the work of the Father's will. You know, we were talking about that scripture the other day, and it's one that I've struggled with. How can you do greater things than what Jesus did? And I don't know if this was revelation or just my own imagination. I'll just want to put that out there. But what came to me, Cisco, was because Jesus made a way for us, he's the new creation. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the new Adam because he came in a fleshly form. He made Adam, way yeah. for us in the redemption of our sins. So yes. we will live forever 
And when he said that, he was in the flesh. Now he was fully God. Yes. He was fully God. It was God's that, that again, that that unique spark, that uh God spirit was in him. But I think because he was still a man when he said that, and knowing where we're going to be, we will do greater things. I just I take so much comfort in that. And I don't know if I'm interpreting the scripture properly, but it gives me joy. Well, there's some things, Jeff, that we're going to have to, it's going to take eternity before the Father to understand some things. Yes. And we that have to is very true. God's love. You know, there's some things we just don't know, but we have, that's where faith comes in. And, you know, that's yeah, that's actually something else that we talked about last night. And I think it's a really important point. And one of the things that both Cisco and I agreed on, uh, a real turning point in my life, and I believe she, she agrees with the same thing in her life, is when we just said, I'm going to choose to believe. It doesn't matter what comes my way anymore. Will whoever cast doubt, whatever lie comes my way, no matter how convincing yes. it can be, I've made up my mind. Right. I've chosen this. And, you know, you hold on to that scripture, the very Genesis 1 1. Yeah. Uh, no, his word is his word because he says it's his word. And that's it. There's no taking me off of it. That's right. In the beginning was the word, and the word was, and the word is God. So don't tell me God's not real because he lives in me. He lives and, in me. He's eternal in me. I mean, people don't realize that God is eternal in all of us. He created the living soul. It does not die. It is eternal. So it when you eternal. when you choose to become born again, uh -huh. you've made that choice. And that's the yes. most important choice yes. you can ever make in eternity. Honestly, that's the most important. There's no, you cannot straddle the line anymore. That's right. uh, doesn't mean you're going to be perfect when you become, and, and I speak that truthfully, uh, but you'll sin less and less and less as you go forward. But the key thing is, is you can, you can have made the decision, but you're still open-minded to some of this other stuff. And God still allows you to do that. But when you make that decision, no, 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 I'm just going to believe. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm going to believe that God created the heavens and the earth, he can keep a book together. Mm -hmm. uh, there isn't all this hidden knowledge that disproves the Bible that's going to be coming out, by the way. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be convincing. Listen, Satan's going to put on one hell of a show, yes, ladies and gentlemen. It's, a, it's going to be the greatest show on earth. You've never seen anything like it before. But when you just believe, no, no, no. I've made the decision. It doesn't matter. I've made the decision. I believe God. I believe he can keep a book together. He created the heaven and earth. He can keep a book together. His word is true. He says his word is true and his word lives inside of me. It's true. Case dismissed. You will not fall for the devil and his schemes. That's true, Jeff. And you know, for a new, a new Christian or someone out there that would like to know who Christ is, Jeff is right. He, the word of God says he changes us from glory to glory. Does a small child, when an infant child is born, 
He first has to roll over. Then he crawls. Then he walks. Then he runs. It's the same way as Christians. We learn to walk. But we have to crawl first. Or you know, roll over first. And I think the rolling over process is acknowledging that we need Jesus as Lord of our life. And then accepting him as Lord of our life. And, uh, and dying to self. Yes. As part of that. Yep. With the word of God's precept upon precept. This line upon line. God, If God came in and revealed everything to us, the sinners all at once, I think we would crumble under the weight of our sin. But God, he teach, he, in faith, we accept that forgiveness. And God gives, he grants it to us. We are pardoned. Our sin is past. It's, it's, he's pardoned us from our past. And then God picks us up and we start to grow. We take steps in this direction, in that direction. We start to find out who we are. We start building an identity of who we are in Christ. But you have to take that first step of faith, acknowledging that you need a savior. And, and, you know, there's so many people say, well, it's easy for you, Cisco. You've, you know, you go up into the throne room. You've, you know, God's brought you. You've been through all these places. You know, you've been through portals. You've been through. But, you know, but the one thing that stands out that you've said to me, Cisco, is, you know, it's God's mercy that you do not see all the things in the spirit world. Absolutely. It would be, it would horrify Absolutely. So, yeah. you know, as a as a Christian, and if you're struggling with that decision, well, God doesn't appear to me like he does to this person or something. Okay, and, and listen, admittedly, I've had personal encounters with God. Why did he do it? Probably because I needed it so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going in such the wrong direction. Look, mm-hmm. I was like a Paul. I was beating up Christians, you know, uh, you came and preached the word of God to me, bang, you know, that's, yeah. that's who I was. Yeah. Well, it, many times we do not have what we think we should have because we haven't asked for it. And we haven't also, we haven't entered into his praise and worship. Didn't Jesus say that you do not have because you do not ask? You do not have because you have not asked. But also, many of the things that happen in our lives when God takes one person here or another person there is because we've entered into praise and worship and we've entered into his gates. There's There's a real lack of understanding what those gates are. Those gates take us right into the throne room of God through praise and worship. Become one with God. And until you understand the importance of praise and worship, then don't expect to go where you're not prepared to go. Because it is only through praise it's a prepared and place. worship. It's a prepared place in the throne room for those that know how to enter into his praise with praise and worship. It's a love relationship. It's a oneness with God. And and by the way, if you think, I, well, I can't praise. My voice is terrible. Even it's all about your heart. Even more, the harder for you it is to praise because your voice is so bad. I think the more God loves it. God's looking at the heart. Yeah. Well, that's a wonderful message for today. 
Praise and worship. Praise and worship. You want to it's enter really the gates? You just put on some praise and worship. And just saturate yourself in it. Lay down on your bed and just absorb the presence of the Holy Spirit. Make sure you uh, choose correctly the music you listen to. Choose correctly. Make sure it's anointed. And and how do you know it's anointed? It's usually it. God's word. If they're singing yeah. God's word, it's usually going to be anointed. Yeah. If yeah. it's just a, yeah. And by the way, there's good Christian entertainment songs out there too. I listen to it. Um, but that's not necessarily praise and worship. They might call it praise and worship on the radio, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just a nice Christian entertainment song, mm -hmm. right? Uh, praise and worship. I, I, I really feel it has to be God's word uh, mostly, or just singing your affection from your heart and literally sing it out. Yes, and, it and, yes. and here's an interesting thought. So God hears every one of your thoughts it's my understanding, and I could be proven wrong here, but Satan cannot hear my thoughts. No, Satan does not hear your thoughts, but he does know your actions. He knows right. where you go, what you do, and he knows what you are by what you do. So if I sing to God just in my head, okay, I'm singing to God just in my head. But if I'm singing to God out loud not only am I singing to God out loud, but it's penetrating through the second heavens as well. That's right. And it's warring them off mm -hmm. because it is worship and warfare. Yes, it is. Yes. Enter I'm not going to sing on air. <laughs> to enter his course with praise and thanksgiving. See, I think years ago, the Lord showed me that There should be a prayer room in every church, a back room where there's a few hours of prayer before service, entering into praise and worship and thanksgiving. Praise and worship before we ever go into the auditorium. Because we need to have clean hands, clean heart, clean mind. Enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Because see, if you don't have praise and worship first, you really can't be free to worship him. You know, I've often thought about this. And, and again, this isn't a scripted show. This is just a conversation. But I, you brought up a really good point. So I've always looked at the formats in churches, mm -hmm. Cisco. And, you know, most churches... Uh, Conventional ones, not the really Catholic ones, or but conditional, uh, you know, non-denominational mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you walk in, they always start off with praise and worship, and they start off with hype praise and worship, mm -hmm. and then they mellow it out a little bit towards the end, and then there's an offering, right? Uh, the pastor comes up and says, you know, get your love offering in there, and then they boost up the energy again, <laughs> and then the star of the show comes on, which is the pastor. But I've often thought, wouldn't it be better if the pastor started with the reading of the word and then the worship broke out? And instead of the man reading the word being the focus and giving you a feel-good message, 
if it was here's here's what we're going to be singing and worshiping about and that's the message and then reversing it and ending the service with praise and worship and by the way just trusting people to put money in a box at the back not having to uh you know always coerce people into doing it well the reason why praise and worship before the service is so important it's it's to humble ourselves before the father but it also when you praise and worship the lord in truth repentance always comes with it conviction always comes with it and so then when you go back into the main church the temples are clean and you can lift up holy hands unto the lord that's why praise and worship is so important because you want to lift up holy hands and and i completely agree with that but you know i again uh, I always would read the word before I start to praise and worship, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So like, that's why I'm okay. thinking, and I'm, and I'm thinking specifically okay. of a church service um, in that way. But who knows? Maybe the Lord will let us do this in our togetherness someday. I used to wake up every morning with my children, and I would, as I went up the stairs to wake them up, I'd say, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we'll rejoice and be glad in it, and we'd sing it. They'd come out of bed. They'd come down the stairs getting ready for, you know, the start the day. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. So see, we can have praise no matter what we're doing. Yeah. And my children remember this song. I mean, it's it's in their hearts. They've sang it to their children, and their children have sang it to their children. So, uh, praise comes in many ways. Well, and Jesse Clay, you know, if it wasn't for the B-I-B-L-E song, you know, uh, she would have been dead. Absolutely. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. -B -L -E. Yeah. Well, Cisco, I want to thank you for joining me uh, today on this uh, special Friday broadcast. And uh, we just hope you enjoyed a good conversation with Cisco and I today. Uh, we don't always want to do Intel. Uh, I, I personally needed a break and uh, Cisco, I just love her company and I love her wisdom in the word. And, and I always feel good and rejoiced after spending some time with her. So I trust you do as well. And look, if you, uh, uh, if you want to support uh, Cisco, uh, please go to her Patreon uh, slash Cisco Wheeler. Uh, please support her. By the way, she's uh, quite active in putting stuff out to her Patreon people now. There was a lapse for a little while uh, because she wasn't actually in control of it, uh, but now she is in full control. And uh, so, you know, I appreciate if you could help her out. And uh, if you feel feel that way, but she sends out a lot of wisdom and uh, and I know it will, uh, will benefit you and uh, it certainly would help her. So thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, and Cisco, would you just say a closing prayer for us? I say to all of you, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. Don't try to figure it out, what's going on in the world around us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's my prayer for all of you. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Cisco. And remember, till next time, love your God. That's a commandment. Love your neighbor. That's a commandment. Love your family. And 
faith that outworks is dead. So you got to make a difference in your community. Yes.